0: My next guest today is Elaine Williams. And Elaine moved from Texas to New York City to pursue musical theater and accidentally became a stand-up comedian and motivational speaker. Okay, now how did that happen? I guess we're going to find out. Elaine Williams is also an award-winning comedian, speaker, and performance coach with credits like Saturday Night Live, America's Got Talent, HBO, ABC, NBC. Fox TV, been featured in the New York Times, Hay House, Radio, and the Huffington Post. Elaine's clients have gone from never doing video or speaking live to having their own YouTube channels, doing international book tours, and even speaking for NASA. Elaine loves to help women go from squeaking to speaking with conviction. She has multiple trainings. She's the author of three books. So I think today is going to be a really fun episode, but really, I'm so curious. How did she get into stand up comedy by accident? Let's find out. Hi, Elaine. I am so excited to have you here on That's My Renee today. I shared your bio already in the beginning because, oh my goodness, it is so fascinating. I cannot wait to see. How you moved from Texas to New York City to pursue musical theater and actually became a stand-up comedian? How does that happen? <laughs> well, hi,
1: Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, it's a crazy story, and it's very myronic. You know? Yeah. I know, your theme is so great with your last name, and it's myrony. And um, and I love that you said a spiritual back door. I love that. I feel like so much of my life, I've been going for one thing and that doesn't work out, but then this I fall into something on the side, and that's what I was meant to do, but I wouldn't have gotten there had I not been heading this way.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right. Absolutely. Like, um, and that, to me that's part of, you know I mentor this one young woman who goes to William Patterson and we have a lot of conversations about that, you know, about staying in action and staying focused and still being open. I think there's a whole art to that, that I'm still searching for. But um, so yeah, do you want to hear about the story of New York?
0: I want to hear all your story. I'm like, (laughs) okay, so you, you grew up in Texas. What part of Texas did you grow up?
1: Um, Mostly Dallas and then Austin. I wanted to get the heck away from my family in Texas. And I wanted to go to school in Switzerland. And then it turned out to be a lot more money. So I kind of came down to Austin, Texas, like, and then I was like, oh, this is like the coolest place ever. And I fell in love with Austin. And then it was a lot of work. You know, that's a whole long story. But um, I think the most important thing is uh, I had gone back to school. I I traveled, I did theater, I traveled some more. And then I came back and I finally was able to get a degree in drama from the Mm -hmm. University of Texas. And then I was just, you know, and I traveled some more. And then I was like living in Austin and I, I worked at the best- restaurant I, I did theater I had a house-sitting business so I was busy and like things were and I was doing back-to-back shows and I was still miserable like miserable you know when you say I'll be happy I'll be happy when I get the house the man the boy the but the, the, and I was miserable and I didn't realize that part of that was my addictions mm-hmm. and an un, unprocessed unhealed trauma And, um, that's a whole, you know, long, long story, but I went, people kept saying, you got to try the forum. You got to try the forum. I kept landmark forum. Yes. And, and I went and I I always feel like this was divine timing, my irony. Um, I, uh, I was doing back-to-back shows and moving, and I was a maid of honor at my sister's wedding, and I literally had one night off the entire month of August, and that was the night I got invited to go to this seminar. Oh, that's
0: awesome, because I'm actually a Landmark graduate, so I know all about it, and that really is a transformational, and part of Landmark is about being in the present, because whenever you push it off to the future, like you're saying, in the future, in the future, all you're doing is chasing your future.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so, such a good point. And, I, you know, so I'd heard about it, heard about it, heard about it. I go to the seminar and everybody is so happy. I hate <laughs> them. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I just bought my first house. I just made my first movie. I just got the relationship of my dreams. And I was like, Ugh! like, I wanted what they had. And I didn't understand what it was. And I hated them, but I was curious enough, you know? And I heard this, so we go in this separate room for guests and this brother and sister are going on and on and on about their family. And I'm like, oh my gosh, shoot me. I had never seen the introduction leader listen. I'd never seen another human being listen the way he had listened to this this brother and sister. So that was like, whoa. And so like, I knew I kind of wanted to do it, but I was like booked, I was booked three months out. And at the time my my dad and my stepmother had borrowed a lot of money from me and not paid me back. So they had messed up my credit and I was very angry and resentful. And they had bought my stepbrother's house for him while they were screwing me over. So there was a lot of justified, you know. So I didn't have a checking account. I didn't have credit cards. I had nothing because they had ruined my credit as I was trying to graduate from college. So it was really hard. So they were like, well, when do you think you'd have the money? And I was like, well, you know, when I wait tables, blah, blah. And they're like, well, we'll come to your restaurant. I remember thinking, this is kind of weird, but okay. And I could just feel that their commitment about the work. And so this lady came to have lunch. She had a club sandwich and I gave her a hundred bucks and she signed me up to do the landmark forum. And And then I didn't get to do it because I was back-to-back shows and then my sister's wedding. And again, irony, like my irony, um, Mm -hmm. I never went to Dallas for longer than a day because I was so enraged at what they had done to Mm -hmm. me, you know. And so, but my sister had said, you know, you're in the wedding, you got to come. So I would do anything for her. So ironically, I had just been around my family for a week when normally I had not been able to Be around them because i've you know all the money stuff right so i come back from the wedding and i've got family 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 because i had wanted to do the forum to have more confidence with Mm -hmm. my acting career and so i go to the forum in houston the first day i'm getting little ah ahas oh that's interesting oh wow this banker guy worries about what people think of him who knew you know so i'm getting like little (laughs) ah ahas but by the second day i was like you know what? I'm tired of this processing. I just want to go eat Chinese food and watch a movie. Like I just wanted to check out. And Sunday morning, I thought, you know, Elaine, just go, you already paid for this, just finish. And uh, so we're going on the break and it's like 150 people in the room. And this is way before stand-up comedy. Like I'd been performing, but you perform as a character, Mm -hmm. you know? And so at the break, The form leader's like, go make that call. Get off it with somebody in your life. How many cigarettes are you going to smoke? How many Diet Cokes are you going to drink? This is your life. And I literally, Alicia, I I felt somebody lifting me up out of my chair and walking me to the payphone. The payphone. This is how long ago november november 97 and i am coming i am sobbing i am weeping I, i'm like <laughs> you know that really ugly crying right like not like it is i am coming undone and i'm just like <laughs> and i am so i call my dad and my stepmother i'm like i'm sorry i hope that you can forgive me for what i've done and, and and love me and i want you to know that i forgive you and i love you and and i'm sobbing And my dad's like did you have a wreck and And I saw in that moment that he had been showing his love for me through the car,
0: but I had never been
1: able to receive it because I didn't, I wanted flowers and purple and theater, you know, (laughs) and then, and then I said the same words to my stepmother and she's crying. We're all crying. So I came back and I shared in front of this 150 people room and I sat there shivering and like felt five pounds of Stuff leaving my body, like I literally felt black smoke coming out. I could sort of see it, like, wow. And I sat there shaking and shivering, and like I was hot, I was cold. I, it really, it was like a, a huge, huge release. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I don't know what just happened, but I think I need more of this, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm so grateful because I'm very clear. Landmark is how I got sober. Oh, that's
0: wonderful! Um, I'm so I...
1: grateful. You know, I, I participated fully. I was in introduction leaders and SCLP, and you know, did the communication courses. And I still use a lot of what I've learned from Landmark. So I will always be eternally grateful for to Warner Earhart and to all the people who volunteer yes. to keep the um the community going, and that community in Austin. So I kept participating and Mm -hmm. they kept saying, well, isn't your dream to move to New York? How's that going? Don't you want to be an actress in New York? How's your dream going? How can I support you? How's your dream going? And when you have a whole community of people asking you that, it's like, okay, you know, but I feel like, I feel like they moved me in a lot of ways. And it's, you know, just the power of a community of people standing for you Mm -hmm. versus, gossiping undermining belittling you know like what would be possible if we really taught about community you know like so yes it was, you know so I'm so that was really my first experience I mean I had like little bits of it of community and support but um you know it was just so healing and I I did so much work with them and I'm so grateful so that's one of my you know leave
0: our Renee, because we've talked how many times I did not know that you were literally that far into landmark. I'm a landmark grad myself. I did up to self expression leadership program SLP. Cool, I didn't cool. do the, I didn't do the introdu- introductory introduction to leadership program, but I am a huge, huge supporter of landmark. I think landmark is an incredible tool for us to be able to use and especially yeah. with it's all about the power of the words that we use. So Wow, and we perception,
1: got... yeah, and perception, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many great, great, great—I would call them spiritual principles. I mean, it is very head, Um, but I just, yeah, I think it's well. Such it's a funny great way. because
0: I actually am trying to show that side, but adding the spiritual of like the whole adage of curiosity killed the cat, satisfaction brought it back, but using almost like it, it's not it. It's just going a little deeper, you know, of yeah. trying to, um, um, to to really understand where, you know, where these things that we, we go through. So, okay. So the Landmark, the community of Landmark is what helps you get to New York City, it sounds like.
1: Well, there's one other okay. story I would love to tell, if I yes, may. of course. This is your so, show. <laughs> well, I, I want to make sure I'm on, you know, on brand or whatever the heck. Uh no. Um,
0: You know, here's the thing, Elaine, anything goes on, that's my irony because it's through our shares that then we actually may even connect to even more my irony. So I want it to be as open, authentic, raw. You can share whatever you like.
1: Alicia, I've been working on this one woman show and it's only like four hours. So do you mind? No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding.
0: (laughs) Okay. You're funny. Well, of course you're funny. You're a comedian for goodness sakes.
1: (laughs) I love to say that because people go oh no, you know, you you see it in their eyes of like, is she going, really, you know, so um, no, just so that kind of sets the foundation of like, Austin, you know, I had been this party girl, I had found an identity after leaving Dallas and the restrictions I felt there, the pressure to look perfect and be a Barbie doll and big hair you know there were all I always felt like there was all this pressure in Dallas in the 80s it was all about how you looked and the I mean for goodness sakes we
0: had dynasty you know like
1: dynasty (laughs) in Dallas
0: oh and Dallas I'm sorry they actually had Dallas that's right yeah like you had to be that of Dallas good thing you remembered Dallas I and you know
1: and I remember seeing the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader calendars on the wall in the garage and from, you know, my dad and my stepbrother. And I remember thinking, I'm I, I'm too short and curvy. Like I'll never, you know, but I used harsher words than that. So anyway, so anyway, just so grateful for all the healing. So, you know, I found Austin, I found freedom. I found, I grew my wings. I had the space. I stayed in beautiful homes. You know, it was, it was beautiful. And there were a lot of things I had not dealt with because I didn't have the tools and I didn't have support. So I was always like working a bunch of jobs and then pursuing theater and then kind of doing therapy, you know? And so for me, so the forum was like this huge line of demarcation. And so, you know, I became more open and I would try to go to other people's churches. And anyway, so ironically, I, or my ironically, I'm um, I worked at this place called Hudson's on the bin. That was a fabulous restaurant that unfortunately has closed, but um. And I worked with this woman and she had invited me to go to church with her on Easter Sunday. And I said, yes. And I wasn't usually a church person at that time. And it was like a universal church or whatever. And I remember the preacher talking about his issue with um, how he had been judgmental about addiction and then he had had addiction. And so he had a whole new, you know, like yeah, perception about it. And I remember that kind of had a little crack for me. And then in the church brochure there was a thing that said artist way meetings Wednesdays at noon and I was like oh my god please I love the artist way I had started it and stopped it like five times I had been in a group and then they had told me I couldn't do it while I was doing other things and and because and I what if, tonight,
0: I'm sorry I'm not familiar what's what's artist way
1: I'm coming to that oh okay I'm sorry great no 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 great question so anyway so I It's this book, but it's also a program. It's this profound, profound thing. And it's confronting because it's about how everybody is creative. And when we're kids, we're like, "Ah!" we draw, we paint, we dance, and then we get socialized. And then someone says, you can't paint, you can't sing, you can't Uh draw, you can't. And we get squished, right? And so it's all about like healing that. It's a spiritual approach to creativity. Julia Cameron, Julia Cameron she's written a million books and plays and movie scripts and she was married to Martin Scorsese at one time a million years ago but this is to me her creme de la creme of anything she's done the artist's way okay so I was like oh my god I could actually make a Wednesday at noon meeting because it's not at night when I worked nights and blah 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 so so excited so I start going to this group and some of them had done it before And it's the kind of thing, like, you can just read it. Mm -hmm. It's 12 chapters, and you're supposed to do a chapter a week, or you can read it and do the homework, and you can literally spend hours every week if you really want to. Like, you can kind of go just surface a little deep, or you can, like, make yourself a little bit crazy, because there's so, it's so rich. It's so rich, and I wish I had my copy with me just tattered and torn, and so interesting. Creativity's been coming at me all week. Um, so anyway, so I we start going through the 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 thing, and it's twelve weeks. And the woman kind of guided us, and she had done it before. And she said, "Look, as long as you do one piece of homework, that's that that's fine, you know, because mm-hmm. you know the whole thing is to keep the momentum going." Blah, blah 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 blah. And so you come and you talk and you discuss and. It was the first time I had done something like that and it was so loving and unbeknownst to me, one of the people in it was an art, uh, an alcohol counselor. So I didn't, I thought that was interesting. And one woman was in a singer and one woman was, you know, like it, it was a small group at a school. Anyway, one of the exercises was what are the, there's seven deadly sins that keep you from your creativity and it's like food, drugs, alcohol, sloth, TV, you know, like, anyway. So we put all those things in a hat and we passed the hat around and everybody had to pull out two. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out food and alcohol the first time. And I have no idea what anybody else pulled out because I'm self-absorbed, right? Or was at the time. Anyway, so then she we did it again and they pulled out food and alcohol the second time. So I remember that was like, a, what? So in the midst of doing all of this, I'm finally getting ready to move to New York. Um, And there is no, I'm not good at planning, especially back then. There's, you know, it's, it's chaos. I've never moved out of the state. So I'm trying to give things away. I'm, I'm trying to throw things away. I'm trying, you know, like, what am I going to take? How am I going to move? I don't have the apartment. I got a one-way ticket. When am I going to officially quit working? Like so many factors and, and. And my family was really of no help whatsoever. So, but I had this community in Austin. So, so I'm just trying to figure it out on my own, right? Like, okay, okay. Accidentally, to the day we finished the twelve week program, as I was moving to New York, like it, I had not Aww. planned it this way. It just happened. Divine timing, completely, and. Yeah. And as I was leaving, there was so much love, Alicia. People were giving me money so I could come visit my boyfriend. People were giving Aww. me gift cards. People were giving me cards of encouragement from when I was alone in New York. There was so much love. There were brunches. It was, it was so moving. And I part of me could not be with it. I could mm. not accept. It was, it was just, it felt I was overwhelmed. And I had this weekend where I just drank and drugged like,
0: cause you, you needed to mask. What that was. You, you weren't was, able to like, yeah. Isn't take it, it crazy? Like my it whole is.
1: life I'm seeking love, uh-huh. seeking love, seeking love, seeking love, applause, applause. Do you love me? Do you still love me? What about now? Like, <laughs> you know, all that stuff, unanswerable questions. That's one of the things from communication. Mine mm-hmm. is do you still love me. Are you sure? Are you sure? What about now? Are you sure? I'm kind of weird. What about now? Do you still love me? Are you sure? Like it's that unanswerable question, right? So so anyway, so I'm having all this love. So I have this crazy bottom where I'm I'm took half a row hypnol. I'm trying to pack. I mean, I was out mind. And I'm saying goodbye to people. I had a dinner, I had a brunch. It's all fuzzy. The next thing I know, I'm in the gutter next to my car and these guys are shining their flashlights in my eyes. And I'm like, that is so rude. Oh, hello, officer. Oh, and I should have been uh, taken to jail, but they poured me into a cab because I was a cute blonde. And uh, my poor roommate had to try to carry me down the stairs. And the next day he was like, Elaine, you can't get that messed up in New York. You'll get raped. You'll get, this is not Austin, you know? And I was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just take me to get my car. Just... And I remember sitting at Magnolia Cafe and having chips and wine because I was so hungover mm-hmm. and I felt horrible. And, and my boyfriend was like, I've been up all night. I've been terrified where are I? I can't do this anymore. Elaine, if you don't stop drinking, I'm not doing long distance. I'm not coming to see you in New York. Like I'm not doing this. And yeah. I was like, okay, 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 okay. Just, shh, you know, just let me just, and like my denial was so strong, right? It's just cause I'm moving. I'm just really stressed out because I'm moving, you know? So I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll go, I'll go to an AA meeting. Oh. And so I'm sitting there in the back, like judging, judging, judging. And this guy goes, it doesn't matter if you're from Yale or jail. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I have money in the bank. I have jobs. I'm moving like, mm-hmm. I still so don't belong here, but luckily because of Landmark, yeah. Landmark taught me you gave your word, own your power, honor your word. So I'm like on the plane and I'm like, well, I could have a drink because I'm really nowhere. Like I'm not in Texas, I'm not in New York. I'm sort of, it doesn't really count, you know? Uh-huh. And I heard the voice say, you gave your word. And that voice was God. Yeah. That was was not me. Absolutely. That was was not Elaine. (laughs) I was landmark. (laughs) That was God. That was something. And so I got off the plane and my best friend at the time picked me up and I said, I'm not drinking tonight. He said, okay, good. We're going to go see a friend who's a sober person anyway. So I went to don't tell mama's in New York and she sang. And, um, and then I went to my second meeting and, uh, it was quite an evolution, but I got to meet Julia Cameron at oh. a Barnes and Nobles release because she's written so many books. And when I saw her, I started to shake.
0: Oh. And
1: I teared up and I said, your book, your book, The Artist's Way has saved my life. And it's so many people because I recommend it everywhere I go. I, I, I wanted to be a representative for it because I could get a cut because I've you know,
0: that's how I am with many lives, many masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Cause that book saved my life. Like I would yeah. not be here if it wasn't for that book. Yeah, and so I so think good. when we can, when we do find those things, we do need to share it. We need, we never know how people are going to get their aha moments. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how we get there. No, just as long as we get there, there's so many different paths to get there.
1: Yeah. That's so true. It's so true. So yeah. And it was just so cool to be able to say that in her face. And wow. she said, well, I'm I'm so glad you're still here. Yeah, And um, yeah, she's a beautiful soul and she's been sober a long time. And, um, you know, and, and she talks about how she was terrified. Could she write if she wasn't drinking, you know? And so I was terrified. Can I still act? Can I still? And so that's one reason I try to be really out loud about my sobriety because, you know, when you stop drinking, you think, My life is over. I'm doomed to have bad coffee in, in, you know, basements for the rest of my life. But that's actually, life is really crazy fun sober. And if you're awake and aware and willing to look internally at all within reason, not to wallow, but just to notice your spiritual lessons and awakenings. That's way more fun than any acid trip I ever did, and I and I had a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. I partied like I was so relieved to get out of the tyranny of my stepmother and the abuse. Mm. So my first year, I was just joyous and like, you know, I was just so happy to be alive and to be free, you know. So I really like I had so much fun for a long time and then and then it stopped being fun you know and then you go wow i'm really lucky to be alive oh i'm really wow i you know like looking back i put myself in some really dangerous crazy situations with some really not the best yeah. people and i i, I, I did the like same I, yeah. I did
0: the same thing there's i i'm amazed that i'm still alive but it, i mean yeah. i think we made it so that we can share our stories because it's when We choose to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's the ugly. It's the ugly we have to share. Nobody wants to hear just the pretty.
1: (laughs) No, I and I get bored. Like, oh, I'm on top of the mountain. And, you know, (laughs) I'm like, you know, with all due respect to Gwyneth Paltrow, I mean, she is beautiful. She is talented. And she has, there's no, you know, grainy salt to her because she hasn't had to go through the mud. Yeah. Yeah, or, and or maybe she has and We don't know, you know. But like, I. She's don't... not
0: choosing to share if she has gone through any of the.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really <laughs> follow her. She just <laughs> popped up because of her, vagina scented candle or something, which to me is like, whoa.
0: Well, I have to say, the show she was doing Goop on that was an interesting show. She was she was trying to she was trying to break a few barriers with that, which was pretty interesting. So, um, that was on Netflix. You know, she cool. was she was going on some topics. I was like, okay, yeah, here you're, you're showing yourself yeah. a little bit more, but Good. it is it is really. It, it, I think when we have a voice, and you know, like, and I mean, you're a fellow podcaster, so your podcast um, that you do with your friend, right? That with
1: Kathy Keegan, yeah, human. yeah.
0: we'll have to get you on
1: too we're we're still figuring out the guest thing and we had a little bit of kerfuffle but we worked it out and yeah she's awesome and
0: yeah um, and it's like when we have this voice that we have no idea who's actually going to listen you never know what our story can really um, you know it's the it's the most important thing we can actually share is our story
1: i know that's what you're all about (laughs) okay so i so i am you know i'm one of these people i'm prolific i have a million videos and things and i'm not organized it's not my strength and so thank god i have this new va who's amazing and but last weekend i was trying to find these videos to edit them Uh and i spent like all day sunday and i could not find these videos but I found this one video that's like from four years old and I'm literally like hey I'm really tired I just got off the road uh, but I, I decided to edit it and post it and share it and I have gotten all kinds of crazy responses from it and um, I thought how interesting and part of, one of the points was you never know who's listening or how they're listening because sometimes people listen like you know, like sometimes if I'm really into something, I'll be like, you know, like I, I'm not a pretty listener, <laughs> you know, and like, I, know, I, I
0: got what you're saying, <laughs> right.
1: You know, I'm not like, Oh, you know, I mean, I try to keep my mouth closed when I'm doing podcasts or whatever, but you know, sometimes if I'm really engrossed, I'm like, oh. you know, like you forget whatever. And, and so that was one of my points was sometimes when you have a tough crowd, Yes, you gotta read the room. Yes, you gotta, you can read the energy. And don't let it get you too, you know, like I had these baseball players or these basketball players, and they all had their heads down. And I kept like, I was like, in your face, yeah, I'm a crazy white girl. And I got them to like lift their heads up and engage. So anyway, so it's just cool. Like I just found that video and I just shared it and now you're saying you never know who's listening so it's, that's my irony. Yes.
0: that's my irony. so so let's go back to how you became a stand-up comedian because we <laughs> haven't gotten to that part yet but I mean like how do you go from musical theater to being a stand-up comedian
1: oh that's a great thank you for that question so yeah so I'm I think I'm gonna move to New York I'm gonna I want to be on Broadway and I, I could not get arrested my whole life I performed professionally, theater, film, commercials, TV, voiceover. I'd never gotten like an, I'd been in Hollywood movies. I'd never gotten a national commercial. My whole life, I had always had something, something coming on the pike, something. I moved to New York City. It's like, <laughs> it's like a whole, it's like the Olympics of performing, right? right? Yeah. And And then you realize like, Wow, every, everybody's talented. whoa. And then luckily you go to some bad plays and you're like, okay, not everybody. And, and, but then I would I found that inspiring, you know. But anyway, so I, I realized I, I took voice, I loved it, I loved to sing, but I realized I was not gonna get in the door as a singer leading the way. And then I realized I love to dance. I was a modern dancer, I loved tap jazz ballet. But with my body type, and I didn't get to New York till I was 32, I realized not going to happen that way. So I realized I want to focus on my acting. And I thought that I was going to be the next Meryl Streep because <laughs> I, I love to cry and I love to be dramatic and I can be so intense. So that that's my next, you know, that's plan C, right? Okay. And I'm taking Meisner acting with this master teacher at the neighborhood playhouse, Richard Pinter. I love him so much. And, um. And he, you know, the first year I was newly sober, new in New York, I knew two people. It was so hard. It was mm-hmm. so hard, right? And then you, you start to get a community and you realize, you know. Anyway, so then the, the second year, he has me doing some comedic things and I'm getting like big laughs. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God what is this, you know, right. but it's still like, how do you, how do you, I know, okay, I can do Neil Simon, but like, you know, and so, and then I'm so intense, right. Because I don't have, I'm just so intense and I'm trying to like figure it out. And, uh, and people kept saying, you're really funny. You're not that fun to be around, but you're, you're funny. What do you mean? Like, I was just, so, people were like, you should take improv. So like I casting directors kept saying that agents kept saying that acting teachers kept saying, you should, you need to take some improv, you need to lighten up, yeah, you need to lighten up, and I, it pissed me off, Alicia, because my idea of myself was like, but my identity, I'm the next Meryl Streep, if I can't sing, you know, and thank God, you know, I'm stubborn, but the universe kept like, and so I'm like, finally going to take this comedy class, then I watched the Jerry Seinfeld documentary on, comedian how he comes back to stand up after the show Mm -hmm. and I see him struggling and I couldn't sleep the whole night I thought what the fuck Elaine you can't be you can't do stand up if it's hard for Jerry Seinfeld who do you think you are right this is crazy and meanwhile I'm doing improv I'm taking classes at UCB in the pit I was on Saturday Night Live as a dancer you know I'm I'm wow. I'm doing commercials. I'm you know I'm I'm growing. I'm I'm kind of accidentally falling into more of a comedic thing, and so I finally, even though I, it kept me up that whole night, I finally said, okay, I'm going to take the class. Now everybody else in the class has done stand up. I'm like, I come to class, crickets which is you feel so foolish. You feel so naked. You feel not just naked, but like people are throwing money. Like it just is the worst feeling when you're like, hey. And so luckily my teacher was like, okay, Elaine, why don't you put those jokes aside? Tell us about your family. Talk about Texas. And I'd be like, wow. And then they'd be laughing, Mm -hmm. but it was still really hard. So anyway, so I'd come home from class, Alicia, and I would feel so vulnerable and so stuck I would eat you know Mm -hmm. eat ice cream but luckily I didn't like become full-on bulimic but I would cry I was like this is so hard and people kept telling me I was funny and you know and so I thought you know what just finish the class just finish the damn class invite people to the show only nice people come to the show just finish the class and you can say you try Mm -hmm. just like the forum right
0: Right. Right. So I'm up, I'm up
1: there and I'm just trying to do a monologue. I'm expecting nothing. And people are like laughing and more and more. And then the family and more. And I'm like, my friend said that I was like, Whoa, like <laughs> I looked so, and I wish I had taped it because I had no expectations. And that's really the best way to come to every set but yes. that's one of one of the challenges is to not have expectations because
0: I try to do that with know. this podcast, actually. Yeah. I try not to know too much about my guests so that way I can actually be
1: authentically having those
0: those oh, moments in the present.
1: Cool. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. Well, now, you know, more than you ever want to know. Anyway, so I remember thinking like, like, I'm just loving all this. I can't get over the myronies
0: from even our convert, our private conversations. I cannot get over the level that has shown up in just this conversation. So,
1: so crazy, crazy. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, anyway, so I, and then that night I also, oh, I, I had that light bulb moment, you know, mm-hmm. because I had had three addictions. And I was molested a lot growing up. And then I was, I was gangbanged. banged uh, my freshman year, spring break, Padre Island. There were many, many, many times I was assaulted and sometimes I was in various stages of whatever, but there had been so much that had happened. Um, and in my family, I mean, alcoholism affects the whole family. And for whatever reason, I had been the lightning rod for my stepmother. Like she wasn't a piece of cake with anybody else, but she really um, Mm. sort of sought me out.
0: (laughs) Oh geez.
1: And I think that also there was a part of me that was trying to unconsciously or subconsciously protect my sister from being molested. So I kind of took it for the team in many, many ways. And, and I've done a ton of work and I'm there's more to do because there's mm-hmm. I'm very clear oh I thought I thought I was good nope looks like there's some more healing to do uh, and it's you know I still have a propensity to go into self-pity sometimes um but you know I had this light bulb moment when I saw people laughing when I was talking about my family oh my god I'm supposed to help people. Mm-hmm like maybe my soul picked this family with these issues so that I can heal myself and then help others heal themselves. Not that I'm going to be a therapist because I'm not, and I am a certified coach and I'm certified in EFT. Actually, you're
0: certified Elaine in life. Yeah. That is the (laughs) difference. When people say, what is your, you know, what are you, what are your credentials when you're trying to help somebody? I actually see that. Life. Yeah.
1: I have a PhD right.
0: and yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's like we can totally own that because we've been through it.
1: Yeah. What better yeah.
0: person to explain about addiction and and you know, molestation and and you know, really traumatic events than someone who's actually lived it.
1: Right. I and, actually
0: crack up at people who think that they can treat somebody. Based on a psychological standpoint, and not have gone through it. I,
1: you know, I remember I was in, and thank God for therapists because I, I, I'm oh, very clear are they that,
0: against. The yeah, 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 absolutely,
1: absolutely. But I remember being, I was in a program in Dallas because I was living with my dad and my stepmother, and she had burned the house down and taken the insurance money and given it to somebody. It was very, very toxic, and, um, uh, and I had this like warm juicy experience in group and then I went to a different group in Austin and it was so clinical Mm. and it was really oh my god so yeah but I mean that's um anyway so that's kind of how I fell into stand-up and and it was again like the form like I don't know what just happened but I think I'm supposed to keep doing it and I just had this feeling in my gut And And that's what you
0: always follow. That is the thing with my irony that I'm trying to share. And with, you know, with everybody I bring on, it's like, when we really, truly stay in that moment. And we know you don't give up. You never give up that knowing you just keep going with it because somehow that's going to take you to where you're ultimately trying to get to.
1: Yes. And I have a lot of compassion for people who either have completely denied it or get in and out of it, which has been more of my experience of like connected, not connected, connected, mm-hmm. not gonna listen, sorry, connected, not, you know, that's been me and I'm, I'm learning more and more. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that's one reason I love, there's a podcast called My Favorite Murder and it's two women and they talk a lot about survivor stories. It's not just about like true crime it's it's about lots of things it's about weird crazy uncle stories and badass grandmother stories and um but they're role models cuz they're in their one is 40 one is 50 mm-hmm. but they are role models for younger women because we're socialized to be polite and nice even when our guts are going no no run away don't hug this creepy guy don't you know and so one of their sayings is fuck politeness and <laughs> and i you know I love that because I think it is confusing on so many levels to grow up in our culture. There's so many mixed messages, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For men and women. I mean, it is not cake for anybody. And so, um, you know, I think that's one reason I feel compelled to tell my stories so that I hope people can learn and, you know, you're still going to make mistakes but you can make your own oh, mistakes. Exactly. You can be creative with your mistakes. You don't have to make the same mistakes or hopefully not quite to the extreme that I did.
0: <laughs> you know, that's what I'm trying to do too. I'm trying to show people, it's like, look, it took me 10, really, let's be honest, 15 years of like really spinning in circles, you know, being suicidal like no other, you know, depression, alcohol, you know, drug abuse, you name it, you know, going down that rabbit hole because I could not face life. I just, I, I couldn't face the pain of it. And so if we can show people how to do it quickly and not have to go through that level, that's, that means everything, you know? Like if we can we, if we can take people out of their own misery and, and that lostness, because I know you know what that feeling is, that level of loss. And you're just like, how do you get out of that? Right. But in Landmark, you talk about your blind spots and you you don't know what you don't know, you don't know because you can't figure it out. You need somebody else to show you how that all works.
1: Well, that's why. And that's one reason I'm so passionate. And I know you are too about community and connection. There's so many great sayings. You know, I rolled my eyes when I first came in, like, you know, think it through, take it easy, let go, let God. You know, it's a miracle I didn't hit people, but. Um, You know, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides and don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's another reason I'm so happy that I've gotten to know you, Alicia, because growing up in the eighties, you know, we were just, women were just getting a seat at the table, right? Women were required to wear dresses to work in the 70s and some places in the 80s we were not allowed to have our own business banking account unless our fathers or our husbands signed for them in the 1980s and so we've come a long way and there's so much more to go but it's so exciting to me to see this whole movement of women supporting women and like hey there's room there's room for you. There's room for me. You know, we don't have to compete. I grew up with two a stepmother and a mother who were very competitive. And 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 I believe that they learned that somehow from family, from society, from culture, from advertising, God only knows. Church, mm-hmm. you know, of like we have to fight for the caveman. And now I'm like you can have the caveman. I'm going to have my own cave and it's going to be full of chicks because because I want to live in community, you know? So, yeah, there's so much, but yeah, I'm, um, you know, I am so grateful as much as technology frustrates me on a daily basis. I'm right. grateful that, that it does allow us to connect because I remember, I, I remember being in this beautiful mansion in Austin, trapped because of the ice, because Texas doesn't know how to deal with ice. <laughs> and I couldn't get out to go to work. And I remember, thinking about suicide because I had been rejected by a boy and because it hit all of those buttons of being rejected by my family, even though I know they were doing the best job they could at the time. I absolutely truly believe that. My father, my stepmother and my mother. But I remember feeling like I've just been rejected. There was so much pain and darkness and grief and unprocessed trauma. Like it seemed like a really good idea And the Mm -hmm. thing that stopped me was my sister would kill me, which I think is the funniest joke ever (laughs) thinking, well, maybe I could commit suicide. And I was like, are you kidding? Your sister would kill you. And I was like, that's a funny joke, but it's true. Like that was my thought process. And so, you know, and that's to me why I love dark comedy. To me, when you can be laughing through the tears Yes,
0: that's that's actually one of the things I say about myrony, because part of our story, part of this giant puzzle we call life, the myronies show up almost to like give us that encouragement to just keep going because sometimes those challenges are the necessary pieces to our life puzzle, because that's the only way we truly understand and we can actually look at the beauty of what life really is and if we can hold each other's hands and get everybody to that side you know that's that that to me is what i hope to hope to be able to do you know more and more and i know you and i i know we're meant to collaborate more in the future <laughs> i can't get i can't even get over the fact of this conversation i'm like oh my goodness like my little spidey sense is going nuts and you know our next conversation <laughs>
1: So I know when I get like goosebumps Mm -hmm. or like um, a wave of energy.
0: Yeah, it's the most powerful thing. And that's why, you know, I really believe by us sharing our voices because other people, you know, so many times people are like, oh my God, I'm crazy. Did that really, did I just think that? Did that just come to me? Like, wait a second. Like, just accept it for what it is. If you don't think it came from you, chances are it did not come from you.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think... Um, you know that's part of the work that I do, and I think that's part of the work that you do is helping people find their voice. Yes. Um.
0: Yeah. So okay. So let's go back. So as a you know stand, you know as a stand-up comedian. Obviously, you're really damn funny, as we know. <laughs> thank you. But you're doing something now where you um captivate the crowd, right? That's what you're. So, please share about Captivate the Crowd because I love this so much mm. for people to find their voice.
1: Well, thank you. And Alicia, it's so cute. Can I? So, one of my clients, um, she's a photographer. So, she's used to being behind the camera. And she came to me and she was just like, I hate being on camera. I'm so <laughs> stiff, like, and stuttering. And she doesn't stutter, but just like, uh, uh, you know. And I use, I'm like, let's warm up. Let's. I do a lot of goofy things and I can be very casual and I'll be like, oh, just talk. We're not even filming. And like, I start filming because I just, when you can stay in the flow, it's so much easier than lights, camera, action, You know, unless you're trained <laughs> that can feel like, ah. So anyway, so we've worked together for a couple of months now. And um, she was like, I have to tell you a story. I was about to quit, I felt like boxed in and trapped and I was just done, done. I didn't feel inspired and then I came to work with you and I was lifted. and now I really Aww. get what you're doing. <laughs> oh so, so even that's though I, like
0: that best testimony, right? Oh my God,
1: I was crying and I said that's why I do what I do, you know. So it's like um, it's through the video medium. But my goal is that you are able, when people are done working with me, that they can connect with their why, their purpose, they know how to do a short video, they know how to do a short captivating intro, but they also can tell stories and they they have learned. I mean, there's so many things you can learn, but I help people feel comfortable and confident. And what's cool is the more you work on it in one arena, then it can translate to a bigger arena for when we go back to public speaking Mm -hmm. so because originally i had thought i was going to be a speaker coach and i was developing this program as facebook live was coming out oh okay and i realized oh my god people are even more afraid of being on camera especially women because of the ridiculous crazy standards we are put on like the whole oh kamala looked too pale on the Vogue cut. Like, it's crazy. Would they ever even talk about that with a man? And, um, you know, we're supposed to be tall and thin and pretty and perky and organic and cook with our kids and homeschool and have a career. And like, I mean, it's ridiculous the pressure that yeah. we put on ourselves. And then and- the pressure
0: that other people put, I mean, they like literally will like destroy you if you're not perfect. And that, well, that is.
1: And I just want to share this with people. So I talk about how nobody likes how they look, nobody likes how they sound, but when you can light yourself and have a decent angle and a decent sort of not too busy, um, you can feel like professional and poised and you're going to communicate with more confidence than if you're like, I hate the way I look, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And I'll just share, like I do Facebook Lives a lot and sometimes in certain groups, it's hard to tell if you're actually going. You know, sometimes you get the three, two, one, but you're not going, or it just, it's always changing. So there's a Facebook live where I'm going, is it on? Which is exactly what I tell people what not to do, but I wasn't sure. And it was just a casual interview. Well, somebody told somebody else, oh my God, I saw Elaine's neck. I saw her neck. (laughs) We're not going to book her because if she doesn't know how to, if she teaches this stuff and I could see her neck. I'm not going to book her. And at first I was very upset. And now I think it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I think it's hilarious. But I want to share that with anybody because there's always going to be a tire kicker. There's always, you can be as giving and beautiful and loving and as perfect as possible. And there's going to be somebody going, she's too perfect. She's too pretty. Oh, you know what? She looks like she's trying too hard. Or, you know what, she looks like she's trying to not look like she's trying. And I don't <laughs> like that, that she's not trying, that she's looking, you know what I mean? Like, there's always gonna be somebody in the peanut there's gallery. There's always
0: gonna be the haters, unfortunately. You know, and
1: I, I was upset, I cried, I did, I cried. And the miracle is I didn't go into a shame spiral and I was able to process it. And the next day go, you know what? I am not meant to speak for that person. Mm-hmm. And that chapter of that, network that I happen to be a part of oh well it's not like it's a paid gig anyway you know but um you know and and so that's another thing I work with is like how can we free reframe it mm-hmm. how can we reframe it so if you're getting criticism that actually means whoa you're on your way right? that yes. actually you know if you could reframe it then there's freedom right right
0: Oh, that's so cool. So what's the best way for people to connect with you? And I, I know at some point I would be like, Elaine, come back on the show. We got to, we got to keep continuing this oh, conversation. <laughs> I know we're
1: we're going to do a workshop and books. There's all kinds of things. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the best ways you can come to captivate the crowd.com and I have a confidence on camera checklist that's an awesome way. Or you can always email me at Elaine at captivate the crowd.com. You can find me on YouTube, captivate the crowd, uh, Facebook, captivate the crowd, Twitter, Elaine underscore tweets, which we might be changing. But, you know, sometimes people are like, why'd you pick that name? I'm like, because it was available. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I always say business is like a blob. You're like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to catch this up. Ah, oh, what about this in the middle? Like, it's very right. Like, right. yeah. And, well, And what about for people listening? How about you, Alicia?
0: <laughs> How about me? Yeah. Well, I'm a pretty interesting. I mean, my name is, you know, Alicia Myronic is pretty easy to find pretty much anywhere. And also just that's my irony. That's my and,
1: com. <laughs> and you're, and you're an intuitive coach. Oh,
0: well, well, thank you for that little plug on, on my podcast. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm an intuitive mentor. And as we were talking about, I say mentor, because I feel a mentor of life of just going through things and just want to show people how to unlock your blocks. And so it's been, it's been so much fun actually being able to, to work with you and now through this conversation, I have an even clearer, like, direct, <laughs> like, what our next talk. I'm like, we're good to go. I know exactly what direction we're going to be going in. You'll be like,
1: yeah. <laughs> cool. But, Yay. yeah, so
0: so my, I always do, um, uh, I like doing a 30-minute clarity call with people, just making sure. So they just go to com, and they can sign up for
1: it's really there, great so. and you know we met in a very cool community and i love sharing i it was
0: just thinking about i was like oh my goodness we did not talk about the the you know jeff pulver we gotta bring in the pulver network because you know that is like i truly believe divine divine design brought that to happen and divine myrony i truly believe you know connected us so how did you get connected to to the pulver network
1: through esther so I met, I met Roe because she's my eWomen um, chapter director. And I met Esther through Roe. And I thought, this woman is so brilliant. And she's the kind of person like, we won't talk. And then we're like, Bleh. and then we're just both out doing our own thing. And then we send people to each other. And she'll go, I need help with this. I need help, you know, just a, a great, great um, person to connect with. And she kept saying, you gotta follow Jeff Pulver. You gotta follow Jeff Pulver. And I thought, well, this guy seems really sweet. I don't know, you know, and then he and I had a quick conversation and um, and then they started doing this passion-based networking right when COVID started. And um, I was very intimidated at first because- oh, so
0: you joined like even, but like right when it first started. So for yeah. our listeners, they call it the Zulas and you can go to Pulver P U L V is in Victor E R dot and it's one of the coolest networking groups because we basically just have conversations on these very heart centered topics, and then we get to connect out outside of it, and so it's like it really is the most amazing networking. But I will tell you. I talked to Jeff and he told me I needed to talk to you.
1: He actually oh, cool. said,
0: You need to connect with Elaine.
1: Well, so just such a love. And he's, you know, he's brilliant. Oh, and- he's a
0: freaking oracle. I, I always say that. He's like, I mean, it, his, he literally had a premonition about if the phone companies got in charge of like the internet, having control of the internet. And he actually went to the FCC and that's how he created the pulver order in one year. Like, I mean, this guy is amazing. So for us to have this connection, I just, I'm always going to give a shout out to, you you know, to,
1: and and Lauren, his sister helps run everything and Harry, their friend, and they all had COVID, but now they're better and they just lost their mother. And it was some, it was such a moving, um, zoom funeral i was just bawling and then i was going to shoot so i was like i have to stop crying so i can fix my makeup but it was you know so it's it's been a really such a beautiful community and um isn't it amazing
0: how you had the community with landmark and now we have this community and like we can just keep growing this these communities and from this art-centered passionate way
1: And, you know, I want to say this in closing is like, I think sometimes sometimes personalities take over the principles or the intention of something. You know, I know so many people who like left the church because of blah, 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 or they went to 12 step, but they didn't like it because of blah, 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 or whatever. And, And nobody's perfect. We're all human. And so I just, you know, if you, are listening and you have had not a great experience in the past, I invite you to come try this community or a different community. There are so many cool meetup groups. There are Zoom comedy jams, music jams, Scrabble jams. There's so much happening and we're still in this pandemic and I just, I know suicide's up, depression's up, pills use is up, like so much stuff is up and so I don't want anyone to have to be alone. (laughs) I know. And so I just encourage you, you know, I'm sorry if you had a negative experience in the past, but don't write everything off. We're human. You know, I've been disappointed by sober sisters, but then I think about the intention and the consciousness, and that is higher than, you know, stuff happens. Can you let it go and try again? You know, so I don't know. I just, felt compelled to share that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for
0: sharing that because that's so powerful. I mean, I left, I lost my nephew, 14 years old to suicide, you know, this fall and it breaks my heart because, you know, being suicidal myself, I felt like maybe if I was able to share how I got out, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I mean, so if we can stop if if, if hit uh, you know, any of anybody who has lost anybody is suicide, if we can stop it from that point on and not have any more, you know. So that's why I choose to be as vocal. I know you choose to be as vocal with what, because it is through our <laughs> I, I mean, I say our higher selves were straight up masochists. I don't know, (laughs) you know, like it's not God doing this. It's our higher selves. God allows it to happen, but you know, it's more the fact I, you know, really want to show like God is love with an awesome sense of humor and how we've connected. And now you're, you being a comedian, I love that even more because that brings even more humor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, Anybody else who's listening, if you feel down about yourself, this is great for comedy. You know, I, I I was mentoring this kid and he was like, well, I come from a messed up family. I was like, that's awesome. And he was like, well, I, I'm bipolar. I was like, that's even better for comedy. Like every time he said, well, this and this, I was like, that's so good for comedy. So, you know, it's a great way to, even if you don't want to become a stand-up, um, you can find humor in anything and and it will help you reframe stuff. So anyway, thank you so much. Well, Thank you, Elaine.
0: This has been so much fun. I love when we can just have a conversation and we let it go where it's meant to go. So I feel so, I feel so honored and blessed to know you and, you know, really truly be able to call you a friend and I'm looking so forward to what we're able to create, co-create together and really Mm. trying to help people. So Thank you. you.
1: Thanks, Alicia.
0: And to the listeners, I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's Myronie.com where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast finally please also tell your friends and family about myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their myronies on social media in addition to their selfies and remember if something happens that makes you say well that's ironic it's not ironic at all it's myronic now that's myrony see you next time